You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Mohammed coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. Coming around the corner and down the bend, I tell you, it was uh, the day we were kind of in a crunch to make sure we tried to get here on time so we could pull the show off tonight, but we were successful in making it on time. Hope you guys are excited. Uh, today, we're going to try to focus on getting back to basics. <clears throat> I heard a lot of people talking about not getting the greatest rates and everything uh, for this week, and we'll get into that a little bit later, uh, and we'll talk about of course, if you got any questions or anything like that, we're going to take any calls or questions that you may have. But we're going to talk about getting back to basics, about doing some annual projection, um, so that to help you help some of the new people that are listening in to kind of get an idea of how to um, get their rates together, as you know, get a get a bare minimum rate, so to speak. And all of that is done by basically doing projections. You want to be able to do projections, but at the same time, you also want to have real-time numbers, which is what Kevin Rutherford kind of uh, preaches about with his program, with his uh, accounting program, so that you can have real-time numbers because th- those numbers that you that are generated with his uh, program is going to be real-time numbers, but we w- want you to also understand how to start doing some projections. So we're going to take it back to basics just a little bit and uh, cover how to shoot out maybe like some annual projections and how you can break those down to monthly projections uh, and then break those down to break it all the way down to bottom mile projections as to what what number you need to be shooting for for bottom mile um, numbers as far as when you're negotiating you can have an idea of where you need to be at for your cost per mile, so on and so forth. So if you have any questions surrounding um, shooting out your projections or getting your projections together, go ahead and press 1, get in queue, and we'll get to you in just a little bit. So as we normally do, we're going to try to get over to the DAT trend line for this week, and we'll, rec- we'll review that. And... Truckload demand capacity near equilibrium. We 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 kind of at that stalemate. It's that time of year where some things are starting to slow down. Kind of getting ready for the holiday push and everything. Um, I put out a little article a little earlier about there's going to be a crunch at, at a lot of the ports with um, some things getting getting things out of the ports to make deliveries for the holidays. So that might also create a little bit of a um, crunch as far as with the rates and everything. But with no further ado, let's jump right into the trend lines report. And for October 19th through the 25th, truckload rates remain strong as freight availability and capacity approaches a season equilibrium. National average rates were unchanged for vans and flatbeds, but reefers, reefer rates slipped one cent compared to the previous week. And we're going to jump over go directly into the U.S. van demands for this week. Van loads were down by 5%. Van freight availability declined 5% last week, and truckload capacity increased 2.3% for a 7.2% decline. 
decline in the load-to-truck ratio. It is now 2.6 loads per truck, which is approaching equilibrium. And that equilibrium, as I've been kind of touting on the show, you know, we want to try to keep that load-to-truck ratio for dry vans above three. Anytime we start to slip below that three, uh, rates really follow behind that. Rates really start to dip hard once you get below three. It's more difficult to get a really, really desirable rate. Um, September van demand was up. The national ratio averaged 3.2 in September, a seasonal decline of 4.9% compared to August, and a 13% above the level of September 2013. Low post and truck post increase on both a month-over-month and a year-over-year basis. We're going to jump over into the U.S. van rates for this week. And it says that van rates stay at $2.01 per mile. The national average rate for vans remained steady at last week at $2.01 per mile. Despite declining low volume, rates have remained above $2 per mile for the most of 2014. Uh, Vans, for the month of September, vans added $0.02 in September. The monthly average van rate rose two cents in September compared to September of 2013. Van rates are up 9.2 percent from $1.85 to $2.02, including the fuel surcharge. Our, we- our weekly tour around the country shows that the average coming out of the Northeast area, Philadelphia market, is showing a $1.90 per mile on average. Out of Atlanta, $1.99 per mile on average. Chicago checks in at $2.19 per mile on average. Dallas, $1.80 per mile. And Los Angeles on the West Coast wrapping it up at $2.30 per mile on average. The U.S. flatbed, flatbeds were low, uh, flatbed loads were down 8.1%. Flatbed capacity added 4.6%, and load availability declined. 8.1% 8.1% last week for a 12% decline in the load-to-truck ratio. The ratio is now 19.2 loads per truck. Um, so it's still showing that flatbeds is still, uh, out of all the sectors, still has the uh, best load-to-truck ratio, but it's pocketed throughout the country. So it's not widespread throughout the, throughout the United States. So if you have any questions, if you got a flatbed or anything like that, um, if you got any questions about where you might need to concentrate on if you're going to be running the spot market, go ahead and press 1, get online, and, and we'll try to deal with that. And the same thing goes for vans and reefers as well. If you want to try to see uh, if we can try to help narrow down, um, point you in the right direction to some places that you might want to focus on for the coming week, um, we'll give it a shot. But like I say, with the spot market, uh, we're, we're, we're going to tell you what we can see as of right now today. And, um, and you know, hopefully, uh, I don't think our audience is that big. We can change the market overnight just yet. Flatbed ratio up here over here. Low volume decline, 12% for flatbeds in September. Compared to August, and capacity increase 5.6%, dropping the load-to-truck ratio by 16%. The ratio rose 71% compared to September 2013. 
however, do largely to increase demand. And the rates for flatbeds, checking in at $3.62 in the Northeast, coming out of the Harrisburg market. Atlanta shows a $2.69 per mile on average. Rock Island shows $3.09 per mile on average. Houston is showing a $2.94 per mile on average. And Los Angeles is checking in at $2.02 per mile on average. Let's jump over into the U.S. reefer demand. Man, and, 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 and kind of like all the other segments, I'm looking at the maps and uh, a whole lot of light colors on the map. Uh, October 19th through the 25th, reefer freight availability dropped another 2.3% last week. Truck posts also declined slightly, however, so the load-to-truck ratio slipped only 1.7% from 78 to 7.6 loads per truck nationwide. Um, September ratio slipped 11%, the monthly average. And the, the, the second portion that I'm, I'm the report that I'm giving to you is um, – I know it's, it's dropping back to September because it has to go through and, and they have to chart everything out. So it's a little bit uh, a month old information, but it gives you an idea of how everything was going on in September. And, and uh, it gives you an uh, opportunity to close it out the month of September so that you can see exactly where um, how September of this year panned out to September of last year. Uh, I should have probably mentioned it about the other ones, but hopefully you guys were. were working along with me. The monthly average ratio for September lost 11% seasonally back down to July levels of 9% after a surprising uptick in August compared to the September of 2013. The load-to-truck ratio was up 3.6% last month. Reefer capacity has strengthened on both month-over-month and a year-over-year basis, but demand varies seasonally. And check into U.S. reefer rates. The national average rate for reefers dipped one cent last week back down to $2.27 per mile. Coming in to around the country, Elizabeth, New Jersey checks in at $2.19 per mile. Lakeland, Florida checks in at $1.53 per mile. Green Bay, Wisconsin is showing at $3.10 per mile. McAllen, Texas shows $1.80 per mile. And Fresno, California wraps up the West Coast with a $2.14 per mile average. And also, this is the the month-over-month, year-over-year report. Uh, Reefer rates rose $0.05 in September to a national average of $2.33 per mile compared to September of 2013. Rates finished $0.23 higher. That's a, that's a, a mark of 11% uh, for the month of September of this year than they were last year. So we'll look over into the USDA truck market report. Let's see if they did earlier. They had an updated. Let's see if they've got it updated for us. And, yes, it is updated. And... Right now on the truck market report, there are only about four markets that you might want to look into. Um, there's only a slight shortage showing out of the Upper Valley Twin Falls, Burley District, Idaho. 
Idaho, Merrill County, Oregon is showing a shortage of trucks. Michigan is showing a slight shortage. And Columbia Basin, Washington is showing a shortage on trucks. Everywhere else is showing either adequate slight surplus or a outright surplus on trucks in the market. So you can go and check the USDA. Uh, just put in the Google USDA truck market report. If you want to get your hands on that report, that'll pop right in for you. Um, let's see. We got a question on the line, so we're going to go ahead and jump in and take the question caller right now. Uh, Gavin, Gavin, this is Rico. How are you? Hey, how you doing, Rico? Um, I'm doing this uh, well, power unit only now. Um, I have my own authority, and I was spending save my money um, to purchase a trailer. And I love doing flatbed or step deck. I've been doing that for ten years, but I'm pulling a dry van now. Um, I live in Georgia, and I like running the southeast. So I want to get me a trailer by uh, after winter sometime uh, around April. So I was trying to see which route would be best for me to uh, go. Should I stick with the van or get back in the flatbed step day? Uh, you say you got your own authority? Did I hear that correct? Yes, but I'm doing this power-only unit with uh, J.D. Hunt, and they let you run your own authority pulling their trailers. And you do a lot of drop right. So I'm just doing that uh, yes, for now to stock my papers up, build my money up so I can uh, purchase me a good flatbed. I know they start off with about 10 grand, going up to 30 grand. So uh, I want to get back into flatbed. So uh, I'm trying to, because I'm on um, profit gauges with Kevin Rutherford. He told me I would do better with my own authority. And I'm doing a lot better with my own authority now. So I'm trying to see uh, which trailer should I get, say, with the van or go back uh, into flatbed. Well, we kind of get this question. To, I, okay, go ahead. Yeah, we, we, we get this question a good bit, and, and the, the best advice that I can give anyone is take a look at the market that's around you. Um, look and see who ships the most in the area where you are, and you already kind of got a designated. You say you like staying in the southeast. So, you know, kind of do a little bit of a survey and look at, what companies around you ship on flatbeds or step deck? Which one would be, um, of course, you know, both of them are open deck trailers, but which one would be more, more beneficial to you starting out? Um, would it be more, could you have more versatility and get more freight if you had a step deck, or is, is, do you even need a step deck, step deck with the flatbed suffice to start you out with? Look at the companies and the businesses that are around you and maybe start reaching out before you, before you, where you already got your own authority. So you can go ahead and, and really start surveying some of those companies. You know, make some contacts with those companies. And say, hey, uh, I'm getting ready to buy, uh, get ready to buy some equipment, and you know, and, and find out where where they're shipping to. If you already if you already know the companies that are shipping on that type of equipment, you know, go in there and make some contacts um, and, and find out how you can best service them. Uh, where where that where is their area of need at, and let them determine whether or not you need to get a flatbed or a step deck. You know what I mean? Um, let your customers, because if they, if, if they have, if you've got a service that provides value, then you're not going to have a problem keeping your, keeping your equipment full. Okay, go ahead. With, with the step deck, you can pretty much pull a flatbed right. You just have to get the bridges. But I, I didn't know, should I leave van alone or, or you know, 
just get back in the um, open face trailer, like flatbed or either step that. Because I'm pulling the van now, a drop off. Well, the more specialized you are, um, the, the better rates you're going to see. So, you know what I'm saying? Okay. The, the, the better, the, the more specialized you are, one of the things that, um, I don't know if, if you listen to our show much, but uh, one thing that Chuck Snow has been advising people on, and, and our good friend uh, uh, George Hedges has been advising people on, is, is get more than one trailer. Don't Why limit yourself to just one type of trailer? Get, okay. You know, if you can afford to if you can afford to get more than one, or, or get a relationship established with a rental company, and um, so that if that way people know you got your own authority, you got the truck. Hey, you can um, you can offer multiple modes of transportation, and that that brings you you know what I'm saying that puts you in a position where you are much more valuable to the community that you service, and um, and, and gives you opportunity to make more money because if, if one of them is out of season, they so to speak, if you got one of your trailer types is out of season, the other one could be coming in the season. So you could always be in a in a high demand, depending upon um, you know what area of Georgia you're in. I know that um, I'm in Georgia as well, and, and up here in Atlanta, there, there's a lot of uh, abundance for frozen food and stuff like that, which is why I got a refer. You know, um, when we decided to come down to Atlanta. So you know, oh, do do a do a survey. You know, see what your market is looking like. You know, let the market determine. If you if you let your market determine, you can never go wrong that way. Okay, because I was gonna check that USDA uh, uh, truck thing uh, on Google that you were telling me about, and uh, next month I was gonna also join uh, Internet Truck Stop and look at some load boards and see which way to go. Yeah, you can uh, you can do internet truck stop. You can. Uh, what I would advise you to do too, if you, if you uh, hadn't got on a load board just yet, before you join either one of them, I'm not advocating either one because I, I don't get I don't get a check from either one of them. Okay. Go to DAT. Do go to DAT. Go to uh, go to the uh, internet truck stop and make them both give you a free trial for about a week or so. But now I would I would advise you before you cash in on that free trial, go ahead and be ready ready and set up with either your own trailer or whatever so that you can run, so that, that way you can give, um, you can make an honest comparison to the to the both of them to see which one you like best. Okay, now what was that? Uh, D, uh, I'm going to write it down. Uh, what was the other DAT load is, DAT is um, um, it's the old dollar truck network. It's either they, a lot of people call it. Um, if you if you're an OIDA member, they you have they have members edge. It's the it's the oh, okay, through okay, uh, yeah. oh, it's through through OIDA. Um, okay. But it, but but you can go through you can go through them directly. I think that you, you may get somewhat of a discount if you go through if you use the OIDA um, program. But uh, okay, you can yeah, go I'm through Internet Truck Stop. Yeah, so you you get a get a little bit of a discount if you go through OIDA. But you can use both of those. Uh, you can go. You know, get set up, get a free, get a free trial. And if I were you, I would try to get the free trial on the highest level of service that they offer, so that you can see um, all of the uh, amenities that the, that the low board has to offer. And make sure that when you get that free trial, that you get someone that works there to walk you through all the aspects of the low board. That make sure that they walk you through all the features that are available. That you can see. Uh, um, that you know all the little intricate things like on you know how to use they got a they got a tool on 
I'm I'm more familiar with DAT because that's what I use. Uh, but there are similar tools on both of them. Um, but DAT has a feature called Lane Makers where you can go in and you can put in a specific lane, and you can see who okay. moves the most freight. You can see who moves the most freight in that lane. Um, okay. You got, of course, you got the load to truck ratios. Uh, you want to know how to read those reports and how to uh, what are the sweet spots and the numbers on those reports. Get someone to walk you through all of that stuff, tinker around with it, and, and I mean, um, you know, make sure you got a little time when when they're walking you through this stuff so that you're not rushed. You want to be able to make sure that you you understand it, and if you got a problem with it, hey, slow down, let's let's, let's stop, take a minute, let's go back over that one more time. Because after all, this, this this is a big decision. These low boards are, are a big decision, and uh, you want to make sure that you can get the bang for your buck, and that you're getting you know you're getting properly educated, so that you know how to use it to the best of your ability. Okay. Okay, man, that show helped me out a lot, Rico. Man, I I really do appreciate that. Gavin, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for checking in. Uh, if you oh, got any more questions, of course, hopefully, hopefully you're on the um, member of the um, Rate Per Mile, uh, all the different Facebook groups that's, 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 that's kind of gotten out of it's gotten up there. Now we got a, a bunch of them, but hopefully you're part of the community. If you got any questions, of course, look for us on there. Um, and you, you will ask, you know, you can send us a friend request. We accept them all. Uh, if you ask us a question, feel free to anytime you want to ask us a question. Send us a question. And we'll try our best to make sure we get an answer for you. Okay. Thanks, Rico. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you, Gavin. All right. So if anybody else has any questions, you can feel free to go ahead and press the number one. And we'll get directly to you. Like tonight, I I talked a little earlier. We wanted to um, try to maneuver around here on my computer so guys bear with me for just a second. I'm trying to get up the um, cost per mile sheet that I was working on for tonight. Just wanted to get into the cost per mile a little bit about making projections about um, also having real-time numbers. But basically, we want to basically be talking about um, making projections so that when you got your projections out there, you got you set a goal in front of you. Uh, I think Zig Ziglar said, if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. What we're trying to do is give you, if you've got a projections out there, you got to, that, that's kind of like automatically having a goal. And you can automatically set it, set in your mind, you can break your projections down. You can have annual projections, break it down a little further, go to monthly, break it down a little further. You can go to weekly, go to daily, and go even as far in depth as a cents per mile. Um, and and the way that we did this, uh, I think that this report, this um, if not, I'm going to make sure I'm going to double check and make sure that I'm going to post this in the file section of the uh, rate per mile masters. I think someone may already have one up there. Mine's a little bit differently uh, done, a little different, I'm sure. Um, but I want you guys to have goals in mind about where you need to be at as far as your cost per mile is, is concerned so that you know when you're negotiating with brokers or whatever, you're not taking a bad load, that you're not putting yourself in a position where um, you are in a, in a, you're taking a bad load, you, you, you miscalculated something. If you already have this stuff set out in front of you, 
it'll be much easier for you as you're going along and while you're doing your negotiations and you'll know exactly where you need to be at. And you can start doing research on lanes that's going to keep you above your projected cost per mile. So with no further ado, um, I got some numbers plugged into this thing, uh, they're just hypothetical numbers, and just going to go, I hope this comes across really pretty good by an audio format. And uh, if, if you got any questions about anything that I go over, go ahead and press number one, stop me, and, and we'll see if we can't break it down or explain it a little bit better. Um, total miles driven is, is the first column. I have an Excel spreadsheet, and I got these numbers based on doing 126,000 miles per year. Um, I just pulled that number out, out, of the, out of the sky and hadn't had nothing to do with anything. Uh, but if you break that number down, if you just say, if you're going to work 12 months out of the year, then, of course, naturally, you know, just take that and um, divide that out. And that'll tell you what your months to go, what your, what your goal should be for the month, uh, how many miles you need to be shooting for in that month. And if you're going to, you know, and break that on down, if you're going to say, okay, well, I know how many miles I need in a month, well, let's break it on down. How many miles would you need that week? So it gives you projections, gives you weekly projections, something to shoot at, a target to go for, to keep you on pace with your numbers. This is a big part of, uh, you know, Kevin was talking about setting goals a few weeks back. This is a big part about making sure that you are successful is, is having goals, having something out there in front of you. So you know, well, I can I can slack off a little bit or I need to pick up the pace. Uh, so it's kind of like a... a, a you know, a record, a good record keeping for yourself to have in front of. Uh, let's see here. I'm sorry. My other sheet, I had a sheet up that had 126. My, my sheet acting crazy on me. It, it dumped down to 105. Um, but like I said, you can break that down on a monthly, weekly, and even on a cost per mile. And I put a number in here, um, a truck payment. For $9,744 per month is what I put in here. I I'm just pulled these numbers out of the sky. Um, I don't mean anything, but you plug your numbers. You can plug your numbers into this equation with an Excel spreadsheet and break these numbers down for yourself. And the truck payment, uh, the numbers that I had was $9,744. Broke that down to a monthly cost of 812 and broke that even further down to a cost per mile of right at $0.09 cents per mile. Same thing for a trailer payment. Put your insurance numbers in there for you. What's your annual insurance cost? Um, I put $7,200 in there for insurance cost, $600 a month, puts us at $0.06 cents per mile. And these numbers, these top numbers that I'm going over, I got, I got my cost broken out into two separate columns. Of course, there's your fixed cost and there's your variable cost. Fixed cost is going to be everything that the number that stays the same regardless of what. It doesn't change. Uh, an example of a variable cost is something that's going to fluctuate with you, which would maybe if you got a reefer that's going to be reefer fuel, that's going to be uh, um, um, tractor, your tractor fuel. All those are variable costs. So keep that thing in mind as well. Um, so right now I'm doing total fixed cost, and I have fixed costs. Broken down, I have uh, give you everything that I got in this column. I got truck payment, trailer payment, collision insurance, bobtail, cargo insurance, health insurance, 
your licensing and permit, your accounting services, uh, telephone bill, boards, anything that you got that you, that's associated with your business that the, the cost of it is going to stay the same all the time. Those are fixed costs. I put all those in the one column, put them into the calculations, broke them down on an annual cost. I got uh, for fixed cost uh, $68,989 on this example, broken down to a monthly fixed cost of $5,749.08, broken that further down to a cost per mile of $0.65 cents per mile. That's your fix, that's what's fixed cost. Then I got variable cost in here, and I got everything on variable cost from tractor fuel, reefer fuel, tractor trailer tires, maintenance, repairs, truck wash, lodging, meal, loading, unloading, anything that you can think of that you can uh, put into your variable cost. If you want to be, um, one thing that I like to do when doing projections, I try my best to be really aggressive with my projections. Um, because if I'm really aggressive with my projections and if I happen to cut costs more so than what I have on there for the variable for, for uh, the different variable costs, then I just gave myself a raise. It, you know, it feels like you gave yourself a raise at the end of the month. Um, so I got all that broken down, and the total variable costs I have coming in at $99,638 dollars. Breaking that down to a monthly cost of $8,303.17. Breaking that even further down to $0.94 cents per mile, which, which broke, broke that down to a total vehicle cost of $1.60 per mile, which would be which would kind of give you that bottom line number. You want to be at at, at least $1.60 per mile for, for, so that you can be... Um, at a profit, putting all these numbers together so that you can know, okay, at a bare minimum, I need to be above $1.60 per mile if these numbers were for my operation. I'm taking it back up, I went by $1.60 per mile, taking it back up to the monthly cost, knowing that every month I need to be bringing in, I need to be generating at least $14.52. And on an annual basis, breaking it, uh, going back up, I need to be at at least $168,627 on an annual basis. So it gives you a way to project out and give you a target to shoot for on for a goal for your business. And if you have these numbers, um, I would advise to kind of have your weekly numbers broken out so that every week, if you're running, like if you're running payroll from one week to the next, you can kind of keep a rolling tab and say, okay, this is my goal for this week, and how am I looking as far as meeting my goal on a weekly basis? You keep that number out there in front of you, it'll help drive you and help motivate you, and it also helps you on, believe it or not, I think, uh, don't know, have a way of scientifically proving it, but I believe that it will help you in your negotiating because, you know, uh, you will, you'll, be, you'll be a little bit more aggressive because you'll, you'll have that number in front of you and it probably could also have a tendency to make you, it could make you a little bit less aggressive because if you've already hit your numbers, then it also, you could know that, hey, well, I can afford to take a little bit of less to get me out of this area. If I happen to get stuck in a, in a bad area, I can take a little bit uh, less on this low right here to maybe put me in a better market, put me in a better area. 
And with that said, so that was, I wanted to cover that a little bit about the uh, projection and everything. If anybody has any questions about that, feel free to hit number one, and we can go back over that as well. Um, the other thing that I wanted to do, I wanted to take a look at the map across the country. And look, if you have any questions about what part of the country you need to be focusing on, if you're having some problems with some rates, if you're just running the spot market, um, maybe we can try to help point you to a direction over the next couple of days to get you in a better place to where um, rates may be a little better, where there may be a little bit more freight available at. If you, if you, so if you're running the spot market, if we can help you out and point you in the right direction on, you know, you give us a call, if you tell us if you got, now I have to kind of limit this to vans, vans, flatbeds, and reefers. I don't have a, um, I don't have any tools capable of, of doing anything for, for tankers or hopper bottles or anything like that. So, so you guys with that real specialized stuff, I apologize. I wish I could help you out a little bit more, but I don't have the capability to get to that end of the market. And um, I'm going to jump around here. I'm showing, I'm, I want to zoom in a little bit on the map and see if we can't talk about or target. I'll start off what we normally do. I'll start off with vans. And the map is really, uh, on the East Coast side of things, It's it looks pretty grim though, as far as the colors and everything on, on the map. It's uh, fairly light, but there are a couple of markets, and I'm going to see if I can't snatch a few of them out for you, that's on the on the um, EAT report. You might be able to find a little bit of ray of, of, of hope. And they are few and far between them, so I'm just jumping around here. Ah, we may have found one. Bloomington Market. Bloomington, Indiana. Showing a 6.5 load truck ratio. Showing at least 111 loads in the area, 17 trucks available. Um, it's a little little tighter than what I like it, but it looks like there may be some hope that could be had there. Green Bay, Wisconsin is coming in. Now, these numbers I like a little bit better. Green Bay, Wisconsin is coming in at a 6.6 load-to-truck ratio, uh, showing 344 loads, only 52 trucks available in the area for a dry, dry, uh, dry freight. And let's see here. Duluth looks like Duluth, Minnesota is another place showing 124 lows in the area, only showing one truck in the area right now for Duluth. Sioux Falls coming in at 8.8%, uh, I mean 8.8 .8 load to truck ratio, 176 loads, 20 trucks. Um, and I know that some of these stuff is out there in the uh, pokey skokey, as they say. But these are the places where there, there, there seems to be a little bit of freight. So if you're running the spot market, you might want to take a look at some of these areas. Um, Hutchinson, Kansas is showing a 5.7 load to truck ratio. Now, you think about Kansas that you've got to be careful about. There's so few things in Kansas. Um, 
and they they are showing the entire state of Kansas as a market. So that one's a little bit deceptive. Um, that one's a little deceptive on that one. So you might want to be cautious on that. Twin Falls market is showing a 23 to 1 load-to-truck ratio with a drive-in. Reno, Nevada is showing a 17 to 1 load-to-truck ratio. Fresno, California is showing a 7.5. Out west seems to be right now, if you're moving drive-ins, you might, you might want to be out west. Out west seems to be where it's, where it's really jumping off at for drive-ins. Flatbeds. Flatbeds is a lot better throughout the country. Um, flatbeds, you, you still, is, is Richmond markets coming in at 20 lows to one. Flatbeds, you still shouldn't be having too much of a problem getting uh, decent rates and getting loaded on a flatbed. Um, on the east coast side of things, anything um, on the east of the Mississippi right now, it's, it looks like it's, it's going to be a little tough sledding for drive-in. Uh, there, there are a few markets that are show a little bit of ray of hope, but for the most part, everything seems to be below that three number that I talk about. Uh, I found one market, Decatur, Decatur Alabama is a 3.7, 3.7 load to truck ratio out of the Decatur, Alabama market. Everything else on the, it's, it's kind of slim pickings. You're going to, going to have to be out, start heading out west to get a little bit of a better selection as far as driving as are concerned. And with reefers, kind of the same scenario with drive-ins. Out west, anything west of the Mississippi, I wish I could take a picture of this map and just put it up for you. It's darker on the west coast of things, on the west side of the Mississippi than it is on the eastern side. But there are a few, few little bright spots. Syracuse, New York checks in at a 15-to-1 ratio in the Syracuse market. Rochester market in New York is coming in at a 28-to-1 ratio. Buffalo market is 26-to-1. This is, this is all reefer. Erie market is coming in at 11-to-1. Winchester, Virginia is coming in at 6-to-1. Norfolk is coming in at 19-to-1. Norfolk, Virginia. Huntington, West Virginia market is coming in at a 24-to-1. Grand Rapids, Michigan is coming in at a 14-to-1 load-to-truck ratio. Bowling Green market out of Kentucky coming in at a almost 13-to-1 ratio. Evansville market. Uh, not getting numbers back on Evansville for some reason. Cape Girardeau, one of my favorite markets in the country, uh, out of Missouri right there, that Jackson, Missouri area, uh, coming in at 33 Point one lows to truck. Rockford coming in at a nineteen to one. It's, there are pockets throughout the United States that you guys can find some fairly good rates, fairly good load to truck ratios 
in different parts of the of, of the country. So, like I said, if you got any questions about any of that, we can pro- we can try and pull some rates back for you. We can try to also go into uh, showing you where some different things are throughout the country. We may point you in the right direction on that. Another thing about negotiating, we um, want to talk a little bit about that tonight as well. Just jumping around a little bit on negotiating tips for negotiating. Um, people always ask, you know, one of the things that I like to do, I never like to call brokers if I'm working in the spot market. I try to use my tools as best I can to try to stay in a hot market so that I do not have to call the broker. Um, that's one way to really gauge if your phone is ringing, that's one, that's one of the best ways that I can think of to tell you to really gauge your market. Um, if your phone is ringing, that lets you know that you are in demand and you can probably press a little harder on getting the rates that you want versus just accepting what you can get to get your, get yourself out of that market. Uh, so if you post your, if you post your equipment and your phone immediately begins to ring, Probably good, a good day for you. Now, the trick to that part is don't put yourself back in a bad market when you, if you're in a good market. You want to try to hop from good market to good market. And the other thing about that is if you're going from one good market to another good market, you got to know when, going back to the part about projection, you got to know when, um, when you can say, okay, enough is it. You've, you've gotten enough. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.